everybody. Claire here. Going to start this episode off with a brief message from one of our partner tiers of our Patreon. Shout out to Derek Helling of Derek Helling Sports, who's been supporting us for a long time. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you do sign up for one of the highest tiers on our Patreon, you can send a message out on the podcast. And Derek's message for this month is one that maybe you've heard before, but always good to repeat. Get vaccinated. Get your booster. Wear your mask around other people. Keep your distance. Let's take care of each other, and we'll get through this pandemic as best as we possibly can. So thank you so much to Derek, and I hope everybody uh, enjoys this week's episode. Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay inside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to chat about some Chicago Red Stars offseason news. We are still in the full swing of offseason and a little bit of Chicago Red Stars news to touch on a, a player acquisition question mark. Finally, we're going to talk about it a little bit. And I'm going to do that uh, with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the scam originator. Claire, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, I feel like every time you ask me how I'm doing, I just like have a comment about the weather because the weather like rules my life, but it's a little bit warmer, which is nice. It was really cold there for a second, like really cold. Listen, dude, we went from ice mm-hmm. to no ice and that's nice. I really did like that. I liked the no ice part. Uh, shout out to everybody who made it through the great, uh, like ice coat of yeah 2022 apparently everything everything was just covered in ice the roads your cars your your face uh people throwing up all kinds of cool videos tiktoks uh ig reels of like sliding on the sidewalks it just (laughs) was not yeah great i gotta say my favorite tiktok of the ice was like of a young a young lady like trying to walk on the sidewalk and like step on like the very small parts of actual concrete yeah and being like we don't have hurricanes or earthquakes or or we don't have hurricanes or earthquakes we don't have hurricanes or earthquakes like reminding herself like why why she lives here yeah no i this weekend this weekend which was when it really froze over was uh i went to the grocery store and on the way back i was like i'm walking in the street i'm walking in residentials and i am walking in the middle of the road because that is where the pavement is yep. and i love myself yep. and yep. I will be like, out of the way is, for cars, but I am walking my, in the street. Yeah. This is my sidewalk now. Yeah. <laughs> this street is my sidewalk now. Uh-huh. Yes, that's 100% correct. Uh, there was a brief moment, a very, very brief moment where me and my partner were going to humor, like going, treating ourselves to a little bit of a car ride. And it took l- a literal 15 minutes to get to the car. And yeah. this was like, while we were, we had not been paying attention to the weather. This was really like the first actual night where it all froze over and we hadn't really been paying attention to the weather and like dummies. We went outside. We we're like, let's just throw a little bit of this rock salt. And it was like enough to go from like the door to the car. And it still yeah. took like 15 minutes. We were like, this is dumb. We're going to yeah. stay in the house and turn right back around. Yeah, I was like, I was like out there with like my car, not with my, um, my phone, like flashlight, like on the ground. Like yeah. I'm not getting yeah. fooled. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. That yeah. patch looks a little darker than yeah. that other patch. Like that's a hundred percent how it was. Um, but yeah, shout out to everybody who made it, made it through that, uh, including ourselves. And now we're back to to chat a little bit about Chicago Red Stars. Not a ton to update uh, about in terms of the news for head coach. So we're recording this on um, on Thursday, January the thirteenth, and as of this time, no new updates uh, on that front. As we talked about on our previous episode, that we're going to assume that the search is ongoing or assume that perhaps a hire has been made, but nothing's been announced yet. So somewhere well, you, in that. Category. Do you want to do any wild speculating? Let's we could do a little bit. This is our chance. Yes. This is our chance before yes. it gets announced to do a little. Let's do some yeah. wild speculating. I will do wild speculating slash like extreme wish list. Yeah. I'm going to say that I would love for the next head coach of the Chicago Red Stars to be um, a four piece wing dinner from Harold's mm. cooked yeah. hard uh pepper and mild sauce on the side not on it and yeah. I would yeah. love that to be the head coach of the yeah. Chicago Red Stars. that's 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 that makes sense to me I think that they would have really good ideas I do too yeah you know yeah. not too hot definitely yeah. not flavorless just right Go yeah with yeah I would How like I yeah I would like the new head coach of the Chicago Red Stars to be um I would like, I would like the next, uh, the next coach of the Chicago red stars just to be Andrew Garfield's performance in the film. Tick, tick, boom. Oh my God. Not Andrew Garfield, but Andrew Garfield's performance in the film. Tick, tick, boom. I think that that would be great television. I think that, uh, that would be an energy around the, around the team that, that people could get excited about. Um, listen, but add a musical element. That is what the local broadcasts sign. Yeah, up for. exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. though that's what like the people of Chicago, when they go into the bar and say, Hey, put on the U. I want to see the Red Stars. Like that's the performance yeah. that they're going to want to see for sure. God, I love yeah. Tick, Tick, Boom. That's that a good. great I should, movie. I should rewatch yeah. that. On yeah. Lin-Manuel but. Miranda, you bastard. You did it again. And, and, uh, and for, for maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe Lin-Manuel can be the GM. I don't mm. know. We'll see. Uh, because can I, ask Chicago- you, can I ask you though, I want to ask you a, a more serious question about the coach thing. Yeah, which right is on. not like the, the the thing is is that we don't really know. I'm gonna mean it's Chicago, right? It's the Chicago Red Stars. I'd be shocked if they plucked anybody out of Europe. I'd be shocked if it was something yes. like that. I bet it's gonna be somebody from the states working in the states. Um, they have a rolodex of people they worked with. You know, they uh, yeah. they've been around for a long time. But my question for you, Sandra, is I think people we see this every time a coach gets hired is like the, the woman question. Yep. How <clears throat> just sort of philosophically, how much does it matter to you? And, and I say this maybe just like with no other qualifiers, there are some people who are like, I don't care what woman it is. I want a woman. Yeah. Are you on that side of it? Or what's, what's your general take? We've got, I think we, right now we have 11 coaches, I think five of them are women, six mm-hmm. of them are men. Just, I don't know. What, what's your thought on that? It seems very, I'm just like, I'm a little bit like, this is just such binary thinking. I don't know. Like, I, but I also it want, is. I no, want, I'm with you on that. You know, maybe more non men is the way I would put it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I think a better way to put it is that I would like yeah. more to see more non men. I think yeah. first, first of all, like, we need to maybe start pushing that a little yeah. bit. Right. Because, uh, there's a lot of 
women thinking women who women a lot of things yeah and uh when you press that line of thinking and saying well what about like what's your definition of a woman it gets to like areas where they get uncomfortable with well and it feels like you're just building new boxes right to sort of shove yourself into yeah yeah so don't 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 do that to people right maybe maybe try not doing that to people but um I, uh, yeah, I look at the coaching landscape in NWSL specifically, like heading into 2022. And I think there's excitement there already, right? You're looking at certain franchises and you're like, oh, like, look, there's a Laura Harvey still in place with the rain. Like, look, there's, you know, a Casey Stoney for, for the wave, you know, there's Freya Coombe for, you know, back with, uh, still, or still in NWSL, but, but with Los Angeles. Um, so that's, that's like exciting. Right. But I'm also like in the category where it's like, do I want to see more women, non-men, um, BIPOC people in coaching staff positions? Yeah, of course. But when we're just narrowing it down to the head coach, yeah, like the actual like person that you point to who's like responsible, um, I think you ideally always want like the best uh, candidate in place there. Right. And I'm sure that there are actually women and non-men who are great candidates for that and can, can fill that role. But a bigger component for me that I always try to attach to that is that like, let's say you find that target. Let's say you find that candidate and it, you know, they are checking these boxes for you, whether it's, you know, non-men, women, BIPOC, all those things. On the other side of that, for me, once this person gets put into this role, are they being supported? Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah, Do they have, are they being given the adequate resources to also succeed? Um, And the truth is, in Sandra's opinion, when I look at the landscape of NWSL, I'm not sure that that's true. Yeah. I'm not sure that a lot of these clubs are equipped to support uh what one day will be the first uh black woman led team you know in terms of a head coaching position i'm not sure if they're equipped for that you know um would i still love to see it yeah of course absolutely but i am absolutely going to have uh apprehensions and worries and concerns about it because i'm going to be like on the other side of that like well i know I, i know the history uh and we've heard the experiences of uh black athletes in this in this league so i would have equal concerns and worries for uh, a black woman if she was in a head coach position right um so that's sort of where i'm at on it it's like on the one hand it's like yes i want i want these opportunities i want to see these people involved and have them get into these roles but i also want to make sure that they're not set up for failure you know um This, especially like when we're just narrowing this down to the Chicago Red Stars, we're talking about a franchise that had the same coach in place for over like or nearly a decade. Over a decade, yeah. Or over a decade when we're talking about going back into their deep into their history of of, of playing. Um, the, The same coach year after year after year after year after year, despite certain end results and yeah. certain finishes, right? Um, the same. That's a, that's a hell of a job security. I think in, in yeah, any yeah. professional sports league, I think even when you're looking at something like NFL, you can't point that out. What Bill Belichick, maybe, you know, right. it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't exist in this world. <laughs> that doesn't exist in that space of, of, of pro sports. I mean, the, the lifespan of a head coach is often very short. 
So when we're looking at it from a Chicago Red Stars angle, if 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 there were to be an announcement of of a head coach that that was a woman, non-man, um, somebody who perhaps uh, checked off uh, the 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 BIPOC uh, box, you know, person of color, um, I would absolutely have that worry. I would I would want to I would want to, uh, you know, hear about what the club is doing to support that head coach, um, you know, and especially in this environment where it would a be their first year um, and quite frankly, b uh, be the, the, you know, first person, uh, uh, you know, who wasn't, you know, a white male. So there would be some concerns there for me on that. But uh, on, on the pitch, I mean, I would absolutely like sort of maybe hold off on opinions before I try to see something develop, but in the initial early stages of it, that's sort of where I would sit. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me, right? Like the systemic issues don't go away, even when someone is elevated to the role of a head coach. And in many ways, um, there's less job security as a head coach than there is in, in other roles. Um, I think think, like, I I totally agree with that. I think for me, maybe more than just, uh, signifying value like by by a person's gender i do think that like for me maybe i'm honing in a little bit more and we're not quite there yet but we're getting getting there is the empowerment of former players maybe is like where i'm at with it where i you know we saw cammy levin get hired as a general manager in kansas city um you know casey stoney is not a, a, a former nwsl player but she played in england like i i think maybe because when you think of and this is kind of a weird way to shape it but when you think of like uh, it's a weird sort of class mobility in a way where you move from, from that sort of labor element into the front office. And I think that you want to have that kind of mobility, um, because it's an indicator that it's not being held with such a tight grip by the people who want to hold on to that sort of control over players. Um, and so I think maybe like where I'm at with it is I think, yeah, I think that for me, I am heartened when, players are empowered into other leadership roles. And that doesn't even necessarily mean NWSL for me. Like I freaking cheer whenever an NWSL player gets a college job because those are frequently better jobs where you get paid more and you have more job security. So like when Becca Moros got that Arizona job, I was like, hell freaking yeah, that rules, you know? Um, And then they also, and that's great too, because they are stewards over a very important part of players' careers and come to it with that sort of a, a background and, and a philosophy. And so I think that that's where I'm at with it. I think that it, I, I find it interesting, the, the conversations around this that we see on social media whenever a hire is announced, because um, I, I think it's a nuanced, it's a nuanced thing, just like Sandra said, like the war is not won when someone is, is hired into a position, you know, especially one yeah. that historically does not have a lot of support. So, yeah. Yeah, like remember when like the country elected Obama and like racism was cured? It was yeah, like, we fixed it. Okay. Yeah, we fixed it. It was done, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, well, not only like, not did we fix it, he fixed it, oh, right? Because we asked him to. That's right. So definitely don't want to take credit for that. Um, but yeah, that's like that's the that's the running joke, right? It's like that's not going to go away just because, uh, you know, the number of of um, women coaches in, in this league has grown. Yes. hundred percent. Are there yeah. still, um, some other issues <laughs> at play that have not gone away yet? Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think not too long ago, like I mentioned that I was like, I was like, God, I was like one of these days, like, I'm going to love to see 
you know, a head coach in this league, maybe who's, you know, first language is, is Spanish. And like, right. that's not enough for me to say that. Like, I should probably like specify, like, you know, right. like, I don't right. want it to be like a, a white European Spanish, you know, like maybe I want <laughs> yeah, it to right. be like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, that's what happens when you uh, tweet full of typos and you're like hung over the next day from New Year's. But, um, you know, my sentiment uh, behind it absolutely like still stands. And, and you know, people are like, oh, like, what are you talking about? But it's just like, you know, people want like names and things like and that. That's, that's the other side of it, too. It's like you have people who want to get into those arguments about it. It's like, oh, well, everybody wants to have like a woman. Well, like, well, where are they? Why don't you name a woman? And I'm just yeah, like, well, why don't, right. why don't you? Why don't you name a woman? Right. <laughs> Who are you asking me? Right. To name a woman. Um, people but, love those kinds of lists of just like, here are the here are the qualified women who yeah, match you know? this. And yeah, like, yeah, right. like, who, like you, yeah. what? I'm not over here. Like, I'm not like Mitt Romney no. over here with my. No, but like what you're saying women. is you're saying you want our this environment, this ecosystem to be such that <laughs> someone who speaks and, you know, you talk about getting specific with it, but like it shouldn't be something where you have to be like, here is the one woman who is able to do this and she's going to be the only one, you know, it's no, it's about fostering a system where all different kinds of talent pop up and it is not ruled by this like white cis male, or even to be honest, white cis woman, uh, group of people, you know? Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm with you on that. It's uh it's good to talk about it. It's good to to chat about it. I know people will always want like they want names. names. I don't have they any. They want names. Yeah. They they want me to be, you know, like I said, they want me to be Mitt Romney and pull out my binder of women. And I just, full of women. And I just don't have that, unfortunately, because <laughs> I am not that person. Um, you know, but uh yeah, do I have like people who I would love to see? Do I also know that that's like overly ambitious and probably not gonna happen? Like also, yes. Like what I, you know, do I see somebody like a uh, you know Emilia Valverde like leaving a head coaching position of like the Costa Rican national women's team for NWSL not really not on, I'm gonna tell you right now not unless the money is correct yeah right. uh, paying like that's the other thing Pay, too like, like if she is taken care of yeah yeah and like if you, that's the other thing too like if you're gonna have these types of folks coming into these head coaching positions take care of them y'all yeah right um so there's also the, those those angles uh as well so um yeah, that's just that's just one of like many, but yeah, um, sure. yeah, no, we'll we'll see for sure. Like that's just the that's just the window that we're in right now. Now, now we're in the speculative window, um, going off of you know what to, the Red Stars released not too long ago, saying that they wanted they gave themselves a deadline that they wanted to have head coach by January of 2022, and it they're is they're gonna have to have somebody definitely. running those practices. So it's yeah, it's def- yeah. Let's just say I would I would say it's safe to say it's definitely January. Yeah, of 2022. Like that's definitely a thing. Um, they didn't put a number on it, but you know that uh, the markets are some of the players are supposed to report to market in February one, and preseason is supposed to kick off. So um, it's kind of like, you know, what are you what are you gonna do? It's just kind of like you just sort of wait. Like you come on Southside Trap, and you're like this is what we have to talk about. So let's maybe talk about it in terms of speculation and stuff like that. Right. So um, that's just sort of what we're assuming the window is um, right now. The window is either uh, the search is ongoing or there's been a hire that's been made and, and not yet announced. So we will see uh, and keep an eye on that. And if we got to come on another episode and speculate some more, Hey, we'll, uh, we'll do it. But uh, there was some 
announcements that were made in terms of acquisitions or, or new arrivals or familiar faces, maybe. But uh, this is a fun one we were excited to talk about, and we're going to dedicate the the second half of this episode to it, obviously. But it's Yuki Nagasato time, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chicago Red Stars and Racing Louisville FC announced uh, in what was sort of a mutual trade, right, for uh, Yuki Nagasato to come on back to the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, so Yuki Nagasato is going to return for 2022. In exchange, Chicago sent uh, their 2023 natural third-round pick and international slots for 2022 and 2023. If you got them and you're not using them, who needs them? Racing Louisville, apparently. So Yugi Nagasato is back with the Chicago Red Stars. And honestly, like initial reaction to it, let's just maybe sort of take that angle first. Um, I think we both agreed that this was just sort of a nice uh, signing announcement for the fans. Yuki Nagasato was absolutely a fan favorite while she was here. She was actually still a fan favorite while she was gone in Louisville. Um, the initial uh, departure when uh, she and Savannah McCaskill were uh, traded for roster protection uh, in 2020 was, a, or excuse me, 2021 uh, was a little bit of a different vibe. It was definitely sad, right? People were like, wow, that sucks that Yuki Nagasato is, uh, is leaving to another place. Um, so the return of this particular player obviously was met with a lot of enthusiasm in terms of, um, in terms of the, the, the fan response to it. Um, and I kind of viewed it, yes, as like a fan favorite signing. And I kind of viewed it as like, maybe even could be considered like a little bit of a locker room signing as well. Uh, not that to imply that the locker room is fractured by any means, but there were a lot of players that have left. There's a lot of players that have departed the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, so in terms of, you know, having a locker room presence, Yuki Nagasato is a really, really good one to have. Um, and I also refer to it as maybe like another piece of their culture rebuild, uh, you know, because there hasn't been a lot coming out from, uh, the club in terms of, you know, front facing events or anything, uh, in terms of engaging with, with the media or like getting out there and talking about what they're doing for their club in 2022. Um, so with that, like, and I see this signing for me, for someone who follows the team, watches the team, covers the team, I absolutely view this as maybe like a potential piece of their culture rebuild because Chicago red stars are absolutely doing that in 2022 and beyond. And if they're not doing that, they absolutely need to maybe ring the bell a little bit and sort of acknowledge that they have to have a culture rebuild and having somebody like Yuki Nagasato back into the fold is, is something that is like a good signing. It's something that people can like point to and say like, this feels nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, agreed. Totally agreed. Um, I'm struck. I have a couple thoughts. I mean, I'm struck a little bit by the pointlessness of the last two years, to be completely honest. Like I'm struck by just yeah. how pointless sending Nagasato to Louisville was in the first place, including McCaskill. Neither of them play for Louisville now. McCaskill's out in, in Angel City now. Um, Chicago lost both players. They got one back after a year. Tur- basically turned it into, it's a loan, essentially. They loaned Yuki Nagasato to Louisville for a year. Um yeah. And that just kind of, it just goes to show just like how there's, there's nothing to grab onto over the last two years with this club or with many other clubs, there's nothing, there's no through line. Um, people are just going all, and it's just like, okay, so here we are. And we're back with, with Yuki Nagasato. Um, I think it's a very good sign. I think the response you saw from her teammates 
that she was coming back was a very good sign. I think you could maybe see that they were dying for some good news too. Um, When you've got Alyssa Nair both tweeting and posting on Instagram, that's an indicator that she she really means it. Um, A double post. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think that that is good. um, Because I think when you look at that Chicago roster, and I'm not talking about, you talk about that locker room element, I'm not talking about soccer, but you're just like, you, you know, who, you know, who people are friends with and that that's important, an important element of an NWSL team. And you do see kind of how those threads have been cut a little bit, um, with the people who left the club, uh, at the end of the season. And so this maybe slightly repairs some of those, those threads, I think, which is really important, um, for at least this year. Um, And then from there, you're like, well, okay, you think about the money element, which I think is another interesting point, because part of the reason they moved Nagasato in the first place was because they were worried about her max contract overhead. And so I'm like, did did Nagasato in a desire to move back home because Chicago is home? Did she have to take a pay cut for this? Did Chicago is Chicago renegotiating a contract that? maybe Louisville signed at the higher end of, of the max. And maybe she's, maybe she is sacrificing financially to come back here. Um, and then also my final thought is like, well, this fell into Chicago's lap. Chicago didn't, didn't go do this, 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 they got, they got the phone call from Louisville here. They did not go call Louisville themselves. So, um, I think there's a lot of great stuff. Uh, I think it doesn't change though. A lot about how we felt last week, maybe. So no, no, not for me. I think also like in my initial reactions to this was you want to, you want to take multiple as, as many angles as you can to, to something like this. And, um, you know, also thinking about like what it means for Chicago Red Star soccer for what it means like on the pitch. Right. And we chatted a little bit last week about not a ton of forward options right now, or at the very least the, the forward core kind of, being a little bit fragmented just because mm-hmm. of the lack of information um, around Watt and her semifinal injury that was well, sustained. and all the depth is gone. Every single and depth the depth is gone. Yeah, and that we didn't see a ton. We didn't get to see uh, Alyssa Motts really utilized in a heavy capacity in the front line last year, but listed for 2022. Right. Um, and Sarah Lubert listed on there, but now going to be we know spending at the very least the first half of 2022 in Mexico with Liga MX Femenil and Club America. Uh, so that leaves, you know, Rachel Hill and, and Mal Pugh and maybe Mots. you know, so there's, there's a, you know, for a season that we're coming off of where we saw injuries impact really every single team throughout the year, but, you know, for a team like Chicago that went all the way and how that type of stuff really kind of impacted them down the pitch or down the stretch. Um, yeah. You look at that and you're kind of like, kind of like, you know, raising some, not alarms, but some concerns, you yeah, know, yeah. and getting somebody like Yugi Nagasato checks all those other boxes off, right? The ones that we talked about already, but when we're looking at on the pitch and we're looking at the personnel in front, I do wonder a little bit like what this, this type of signing means for, for the attack. I mean, because we saw Mal Pugh and what she did uh, or what she could possibly be uh, her potential and what could be a full, like a full season, right? She had her first full season, like ever in her pro career, you know, in NWSL, um, and played, played through it all. Um, and then we also saw some of the struggle 
mm-hmm. as well. Like we saw some of the struggle with Mal Pugh, some of maybe even even the frustration, some of the, the connectivity up there. Yeah, right. Some of some of the moments in where we were looking um, at this player and saying like, oh, man, like this is a gamer. She's going out there and demanding some things from her teammates, which is you want to see that, you know, right. you do want right. to see that. Uh, but we we saw that, you know, when she was looking for the extra pass or the extra option or the extra lane. Right. And so I think there's there's a the question there in lies is is what this is going to look like, what this could look like between Nagasato and what this could look like between Pew. Um because like, it's like you said, Claire, it's almost like maybe there was a year lost there almost in having somebody like Nagasato on quote unquote loan, what it yeah, feels like yeah. now with, with racing Louisville and then not having, you know, had this player develop with alongside Pew. Um, and there's no knowing what that's going to look like in 2022. Cause we saw, this was something that I actually brought up recently. Um, we saw this happen, this partnership developed between Yuki Nagasato and Sam Kerr over the course of about two seasons. Right. It took some time. Yeah. And it really, it did take time and it, we saw it boom in full effect in 2019, you know, so much so that Yuki Nagasato herself was in the conversation for MVP candidacy, Mm -hmm. you know, and earned second 11 honors, you know, in, in, in 2019, racking up eight goals, eight assists herself. Well, I was going to say, yeah, like, Kerr had 19 goals and then Nagasato had 16 goal and like those kinds of yeah. between G yeah. and well, A, yeah. the, the other thing too, for me on the other side of that was, you know, Kerr had five assists and that mm-hmm. was the season in which she had recorded the most assists ever in her NWSL career mm-hmm. while also racking up goal after goal after goal. And like, it's like, we just started to see the tip of the iceberg of what maybe Kerr is doing now in a place right. like Chelsea, where she's right. just a very, and she, she's still a goal scorer, but she's still very much a collaborative player, yeah, able to connect and all that. So, you know, we just saw like Sam Kerr has so much more to her game and we got to see that happen because she was playing alongside somebody right. like a Yuri Nagasato. And you knew how huge of a move that was to move a player like Nagasato when you had somebody like a Kerr overseas reacting to that news in 2021. So Having this player back in in and involved potentially in Chicago's attack is still really up in the air. We don't know how that's going to look with Pew. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, like we talked, we've talked a little bit throughout 2021 about sort of the the artificial suppression of Mal Pew's stats in that. Yeah. Um, no, she wasn't scoring at like a million goals. No, she wasn't registering a million assists. But what the more nuanced data was showing was that. Um, she was putting herself in the position for those things and that what she did percentage wise bring to the Chicago attack was, was immense. Um, and so you think maybe with a player like Nagasato, that suppression lifts a tiny bit perhaps so that, um, there is something a little bit more collaborative, but this is the other thing too, which is that we don't know if that's going to work. You know, Mal Pugh is not Sam Kerr. Um, I say that as like, a. you know, a compliment as much as anything else. Right. It's like, she's her own player. Um, and you're right that there has been, they didn't get time in 2021 to work together. And also Nagasato has now played another full NWSL season. She played quite a few games for Louisville. She was very heavily relied upon. She's going to be turning 35 this year. Um, we've seen these things work and we've seen these things not work in the past, right? Whenever you try to run it back, Sometimes you can't, sometimes you can't go home again. Right. Sometimes you can't quite do that. And so, um, I think that 
it's a real wait and see. So that's why I do think you focus on the locker room element perhaps because that's more of a given. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot of pressure to place on both of them. I think it's a lot of pressure to place on both Nagasato and Pew to carry something when they're going to meet for like the first time on February 1st, 2022, you know? No, that's such an important point to bring up, man. It's just so, it's so true. Um, I mean, they, they have only the knowledge in that they played against each other, right? right? That's, that's it <laughs> right right now. Are there other players on the red stars that have familiarity with, with Nagasato? Yes, of course. Uh, Thankfully, there are actually still a ton of Chicago Red Stars players on this 2022 roster that know what it's like to play with Nagasato and, and what she also needs as a player, you know, of a certain level of experience. So, but when you're looking at a team that struggled to have like multi-goal games, you know, down the stretch of their season, A, and then B, into the playoffs where you where the one who wins is the one who scores, Right. Um, you gotta look at that and say like, how, how is this going to pan out? So is, I think as it stands, I don't think it's unfair to say that Chicago is going to have the same issues in the attack that they had in 2021 and that this signing, it doesn't, won't necessarily fix that right away. And, and Kaylee Watt, when she came into the team in 2020, and obviously they didn't get as much training time in 2020, but she spoke a lot in the first half of that, that bubble season or that bubble tournament, um, about just figuring out Yuki's tendencies. And like Yuki obviously got hurt, I think at, at the beginning of that, when they started doing games, but in terms of training, like she, she's a different kind of player than many NWSL players. And it does take time. And so on that forward line, you have Rachel Hill, who got a little bit of time with Nagasato before Nagasato got hurt in 2020. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm not anticipating Kalia Watt being able to participate in preseason. I think that it's going to, that is, I think she got hurt. Um, and so that presence isn't going to be there to sort of bridge that gap. And so it is going to be a little bit of just, and it's going to be a new coach figuring this out too. Right. Yeah. Um, there's, all, there's all those factors. It, there's just, it's, it's a lot. And so um, I think it has the potential to be really great. I think it's not going to be really great right away. And what I, what I don't know is this, what I don't know about the red stars this year. And we'll find out is they talked a lot about a lot at the end of 2021 about Sarah Gordon said like this funny thing after I think the Gotham game, or I think, or maybe it was even after the Portland semifinal where she was like, um, after that first game in Portland, everybody thought we were the worst team in the world. I think is what she said. Yep, and yep. she said it with like a smile. Yeah. So what I don't know is, I think there's going to be some adversity for the Red Stars at the beginning of this season. Part of this is due to what the front office has done in handling this off season. Yeah. It's going to, we'll see how the locker room responds to that. I think is, is it. Cause I think you're going to have a lot of people, you're going to have people saying Chicago's getting eighth. You're going to have people saying Chicago's yeah. getting ninth. Um, you're going to have a lot of that, I think. And yeah. I think that, they got a little bit of that last year. They got a taste of that last year. Um, it might feel a little bit truer this year. And so I don't know. Well, I, I'm fascinated to see how this locker room, they did a great job of, of coming together last year and, and battling it out. 
Um, and I don't know, you know, does that make sense where it's like when it yeah, doesn't well, work right away, you I just have to speak, see how people respond. No, I, speak, I can only speak for myself, but yeah. yes, that makes yeah. absolute sense. Okay. Yeah. That's to me. Uh, I don't think you're correct uh, in sort of bringing up those, I don't know, I wouldn't call them concerns, but like there's, they're very real things that we could see play out, you know, with, with the team. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, maybe a little bit of news adjacent to this that maybe kind of comes into play when we're talking about this player acquisition and this really this first player acquisition in, in the offseason for Chicago Red Stars. Um, Yuki Nagasato, and it's crazy to think about because this is Yuki Nagasato is the first and at, at this time only player acquisition that Chicago has obtained in this offseason. Um, there have been resignings, right? They they wanted to, you know, put it out there and 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 make it a big deal that they signed four US caliber level players to Red Stars contracts. And that is a big deal. That's something that, you know, they were able to extend to to Nayer, to Kruger, to to Davidson, right? And that is a big deal. Um and making sure that like Mel Pugh has a contract with the Red Stars, like all that stuff is a big deal. But these are these were players that were already sort of on the books in some yeah, capacity, right? Right. They didn't go out and get these players; they kept the players. From a soccer um, perspective, it's not a, a step forward, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think that that's something that maybe wasn't uh, that wasn't like an a, a, a sort of opinion or take on on this on this player acquisition. It wasn't like, Oh, it, it wasn't that at all. It was just like, Oh yes. Like this is going to like propel Chicago right. to like where they need to be. This was like a, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't know, maybe if you're a club that has to deal with a little bit of a culture rebuild that is checking a box for you. And that's, that's enough, you know? Um, but the fact that, you know, Claire, you alluded to this off mic um, and I want to bring it onto the podcast, but you know, this was one of the most active off seasons in NWSL history mm-hmm. and what the Red Stars to date have to show for it is a ton of players gone, mm-hmm. uh, a ton of players moved, um, not a ton back, uh, of not a lot of money back turn. either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, assets in general, like yeah. whether it's picks or in slot international slots or yeah. money, um, not a lot back, uh, still in the process of announcing a head coach. Um, and in terms of recruiting new talent to this franchise, not happening. Yeah. Or hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, and the one player acquisition that they made partially came at a player request. Right. So Yuki Nagasato, you know, went out and, and, and mentioned on, on socials that, uh, congratulations is also in order here that she got engaged recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we always knew that even when we did our goodbye Yuki Nagasato episode for to racing Louisville, we talked about how she uh, how this player was tied to the city, right. no matter what. Uh, loved, fell in love with the city when when she came here. Apparently, fell in love <laughs> with her fiance when she got here. Uh, you know, and started a band when she got here. all of these things connected this player to and the city. And they got a dog. And then they got a dog, you know? And so all of this connected this player to the city. So that all comes to light as well when these trades happen. So Nagasato saying, hey, like I got engaged. I kind of want to still keep playing, 
but I want to like settle down with my partner. Right. And turns out both of these teams were able to work something out. Um, so that's the other side of it. And that was something that you brought up, you know, here it's like, like racing Louisville had to listen to this player because yeah, it's yeah. their player at the time and say, okay, we'll work, we'll work with you. Yeah. And all, you know, Chicago really to do was kind of maybe like, you know, answer the phone, the phone and, and, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and answer the phone and, and make a deal for it. So, so that's the other side of it. It's like, we're looking at this off season as a whole. And we're just kind of like, this is your at one actual player acquisition. And it's yeah. a player who wanted to come here, um, who has ties to the city, you know? So it's, it's, uh, that's, that can also have a number of different angles there as well. People are going to maybe look at that as maybe a good thing. People are going to look at that as maybe like a questionable thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you bringing this up off mic and wanting to, to bring this up in terms of checking the other boxes, right. Whether it's a, you know, fan favorite locker room, et cetera, you brought up Nikki Stanton yeah, as yeah. an example, and that this was maybe a similar scenario in that the wrestlers made a locker room signing last year and brought in Nikki Stanton. And we didn't really see a ton of this player, uh, you know, throughout the duration of the 2021 season, it was a crowded midfield and that, that rang true. We didn't get mm-hmm. to see a ton of uh, Nagasato or excuse me, Stan in the midfield. So I don't know if that's going to ring true for Nagasato in the forward core because that seems so slim and so right. thin right now. So I almost have a little bit of worry there. It's like, how much do you expect this player to, to go through these last couple of seasons for, for Nagasato in, in 2020 and 2021? There have been some moments where she's had to have limited minutes or, or you know, picked up or played through some, some injuries. So there's also that stuff to sort of think about um as well so i think looking at it as a whole it's like something that we can appreciate but there are still questions in maybe the long term yeah versus the short term or what this means i think i just have a million questions for chicago's new coach and we just don't have access to that person yet you know that's all yeah what's gonna happen what yeah. does this mean Tell well me- i mean even like when you were talking i was just thinking about like yeah and also like you talk about the midfield like chicago really radically changed their style of play in 2021 versus 2019. And I would say based on personnel available, but really based on the forwards they had available because they asked the midfield to change. And I'm like, well, with the new coach, do they change back? Does this become more of a possession oriented team? Are they trying to be more free flowing with the, with the passing game, or is it still going to be more of an off the ball performance? Like these are questions for a coach and they just don't have one yet. You know? Like, yeah. uh, is, are you going to like ask it's 2022 y'all the world cup is in 2023. Guess who just got called into a national team camp, Mallory Pugh. Right. You know, Mal Pugh, Tina Davidson and Alyssa Nair. That's the news adjacent to this yeah. player acquisition is that they got called into January camps right? for 2022. So 2022 is going to be obviously utilized for more evaluations for looking at something well, they've like got a world, world cup. cup qualifying coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see all of this happen. So yeah. And that's all stuff that's going to happen here, like in the United States, as far as we are, you know, understanding so far, they did have Australia friendlies. And that was like the one time they, they left the country. But for the most part, when the United States get together for international windows, it's here. It's, it's at home. So, you know, you're looking at this forward line, you're looking at this player acquisition. There are probably going to be moments where you're going to be missing players, these United States national team players to uh, U.S. camps. Are we asking Yugi Nagasato to go out there and, and get a hat trick? Like it's it's what's this what's this looking like, you know, when when Mal Pugh isn't going to be available? Because those are those are realities 
that have yeah. always existed for the Chicago Red Stars. Like, what does that look, you know, what does that look like? So uh, I'm with you, Claire. Like, maybe we'll get some some more answers uh, or at least temporary ones, you know, uh, ahead of the, the preseason or maybe during the preseason. And um, that that'll probably happen once a coach is eventually announced. Uh, but I would I would love to hear, you know, what maybe some of the plans are uh, in motion um, for that. But for now, it's Yugi Nagasato time and you got to uh, welcome back Nagasato. You got to welcome back the reunion of, of BBB, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. There's Broken Ben. It's going to be good, good stuff. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're excited to, to welcome back um, Nagasato to the fold. She was a, a player that had a huge impact in the locker room, um, but also had a huge impact on, on the community in terms of her connection um, with the fandom. So for, for now, in the most simplest of reactions, it's dope. It is. I mean, I, I had the thought, I was like, I always felt like Yuki Nagasato deserves to retire a Chicago red star. And hopefully that's, what's going to happen now. So, um, yeah, I'm happy about that. It and feels, that, it feels that, like it's, it's sort of, a again, it was weird blip, this weird loan, but she, you know, she came back. So pandemic is weird, dude. It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely, absolutely weird. Oh man. Uh, but we're still in it. Yep. I want everybody to to keep uh, being being safe if they can. Listen, y'all, if you've enjoyed what we've talked about here on the show, please know there's a number of ways to, to support us and our work. Uh, the best way to do that is uh, over at our patron. So head on over to Southside Trap Patron, find a tier that works for you. We have subscriptions that start from $2 to $25 with lots of different perks. Uh, and you know what? So one of those perks even includes a little bit of unique Yuki Nagasato Southside Trap collaborative artwork. Uh, some folks have already gotten their things or are still in the process of getting their items. And um, if you can't, for whatever reason, support financially, we understand things are hard all over. You can still support us in a number of other ways. You can follow us on socials uh, like Twitter or Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. You can find us on all kinds of streaming services like Anchor, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can rate us now on Spotify. That's a new thing in existence. So please rate us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, maybe head on over to Spotify and leave us that review. Or if you listen to us on Spotify, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave that review and that rating. It helps us out so, so much when you hit us with the five stars and a review. And, uh, you know, just continue to wear your mask. Please get vaxxed and boosted if you're able. Stay safe. Watch your distance. Wash your hands. Wash your face. Wash everything. Careful of all that ice and continue your support of black players and black life. And we'll be back soon with uh, our takes on uh, Chicago Red Stars offseason.